Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the podcast family that comes in and listens, watches wherever wherever you watch or listen from, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, you know, Charisma, iTunes, or even watching on YouTube. Uh, I just so appreciate your engagement. Please let us know how these episodes are impacting your leadership. We believe every leader, every person out there is a leader, has a leader within them. So our goal is to help that leader become a little more supernatural. So please leave a review, rate it, share it with your friends, get the word out, help us to share these episodes with more leaders, especially in the business world, in the government space, uh, in media, arts and entertainment. The people in those spaces need this content. So please help us share. Thank you so much once again for tuning in. Today we have a very special guest on with us. His name is James Levesque. And I want to give you a little bit of an introduction before I bring him on to introduce him to you all. I'm going to read a little bit of a bio for, for you so you get a little bit of a taste of who this guy is. Uh, he's an author. He's a church planner. He's an international speaker. He is the founder and lead pastor of a network of engaging heaven churches. He has also written Revival, Hunger, and Fire and hosts the podcast Engage Heaven along with various TV shows, including Breaking Through with James Levesque. Levesque and Loving Life. Lo love, sorry, Love Living Life. James and his wife, Debbie, also have three beautiful children and live in Clear Water, Florida. James, what's up, man? Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. How you doing? Oh, man, doing well. Thanks for the opportunity, man. So good to have you, man. I know that like we kind of crossed paths over the years. I know I showed you a picture of a poster that you and I were on that I you didn't it. show up at. But uh, I, rem I, rem I remember you from back in the day and I spent some time in Connecticut and I was at one of the churches that you were connected to out there. And just remember, man, like the anointing on that house, the anointing on the people that came out of that house. And you're one of those guys. And I know, you know, we have similar relationships, similar, friend, you know, networks. And your wife is Canadian, is she not? Yeah, man. Born in Vancouver, bro. Come on. So you're you're kind of Canadian, man. You're like, I mean, you're one with your wife, so you're kind of like you're kind of part Canadian now. And all my feel? kids, all my kids have dual citizenship. Really yeah. awesome, that's amazing, man. So, but you you reside in Clearwater. You spent the majority of your life. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you're in New England. Yeah, Is that true. In Connecticut. Yep, I was okay. born and raised in Connecticut. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your story, man. Like, what what is supernatural leadership to you? And Give us a Coles Notes version on your <laughs> supernatural leadership journey. Like, what happened to you? Yeah, well, man, I grew up in, uh, in, in really in the projects, you know, never really hearing about the Lord. Um, matter of fact, it was like the only thing I ever knew about church is the Baptist church would send like an Awana bus around the projects to pick up the kids on Friday nights. And I ironically got kicked out of that. And it was about, I think I might've been 15 years old, man. And I mean, just, you know, sold my first drugs at eight heroin at 14. I had a kid at 15 and it was shortly after that, 
dropped out of high school, had no, you know, no degree, man. It was shortly after that. I was at a friend's house. We were both like, you know, messed up on drugs. And I, <clears throat> I decided to sit in his living room <clears throat> because I thought his room, his bedroom smelled. And so I'm literally getting ready to crash in his living room. And I didn't even realize his mom was in the dark. Uh, it was a TV show on, it was probably like midnight. And as I'm trying to pass out, she looks over to me and she says, Jamie, can I ask you a question? And I didn't realize she was in her own house. And she, and I said, well, what do you want? And she said, do you know who Jesus Christ is? And nobody ever asked me that question, man. It really took me off guard. And I thought, you know, of course I know, man. They kicked me out of Awana, you know. And basically, <clears throat> she invited me to a service. And at that service, I heard a story about somebody that was in gangs and stuff and got set free. And that night I came home. <clears throat> I was walking out into my mom's house in the project, was passed out drunk. Never knew my real dad. He, like, killed people. My mom changed my name, bro, at five years old to James Levesque, you know. Paid for my abortion, ran out of the room after she signed. I mean, just dramatic stuff, bro. Wow. And she's passed out drunk in front of me, and I'm looking outside. I just came back from a church service. There's a Bible in front of me. And <clears throat> I just, man, I had this thought, like, bro, what if he's real? Like, what if he really is lived on this earth, set gang members free? What if he really did these things and I didn't know, bro? Like, And you were how old like, at this man, time? How old were you at this time? Yeah, I was about 15, 16 years old. Oh, wow. And I'm looking outside, you know, I've already been in trouble with the law, already spent a couple nights in jail. And I'm looking outside, the cop car passes in front of my mom's project window. I'm looking at all my friends outside. And I just looked up to heaven over this Bible, man, I never read before. And I'm like, bro, I just looked up to heaven at that moment. I'm like, listen, man, I don't know who you are, bro. If you're real, here's the bottom line, man. And I'm, I'm cursing. It's like, you know, I'm just being honest, bro. But I'm like, look, if you're real, then you need to show me who you are. And I, you know, I don't know if you know who I am type thing, but I'm like, bro, I will give the rest of my life. If you really lived, bro, and you really are touching people's lives and you set this gang member free and I'm realizing the drama I got with all this stuff in my life. And I'm like, bro, if you come down from heaven and touch me and show me that you're real, it's over. I'm walking out of this house. And I'm telling everybody I know that you're real. Wow. Never read the gospel, knew nothing. And at that moment, man, a fire just came right out of my mind. I'm literally in a, a bro, I'm in a kitchen smaller than the desk I'm sitting in. And it hit me. And I fell to the ground and I'm weeping. Bro, I'm speaking in another language. Right. And man, I got off the floor, man. And it was, it's a wrap, dude. Like, 70 nations, 40 churches, 27 years later. And what, was, uh, the, what was the first thing you did after that encounter? The first thing I did is I started telling my, my thug friends that, you know, that Jesus is real. Um, I started hold, holding a Bible study. I started reading the Bible. You know what I mean? I like, I just like, I needed everything I could get on Holy Ghost, you know? And there wasn't a lot back in those days. The The internet wasn't what it is now. No YouTube, nothing, man. No blogs. No, man. So you go to like a Christian bookstore and that'd be a hot mess. And, <laughs> and there was, there was one, there was one like 
Faith Church, which, you know, really kind of an embarrassment to Kenneth Hagin, but they were a faith church, a Rama church, and they had like T.L. Osborne healing the sick, Benny Hinn, good morning, Holy Spirit. And and it was like, yeah, that all that encounter happened to me about August of 95. Wow. And and by January of 97, I planted my first church. I was 17 years old. You were a 17-year-old um, church planner. 17 years old, bro. Nobody. Bro, because here's the deal, man. I got saved in like an assembly of God. You know, you get saved in these spirit-filled churches. But like I wanted so much more, man. I remember leaving on a Sunday morning, bro. I'm going to the beach and I'm so ticked. And I'm like, God, I gave up sex and drugs for this. Like, this is it, man. Like, when you touched me in my mom's house, you showed me that you had power and that you are real. And it's like, yo, where's the dead being raised? And and at 17 years old, man, I just got done reading like this whole biography of William Booth. Man, I was hungry, bro. I was in Yale University in the library trying to read books on revival. And I'm in New England. I'm studying all the revival history. I'm going to Charles Finney birthplace, George Whitfield's house. I'm going, you know, I'm finding every like gnarly site I can find to like, cause there's nothing, bro. There's nothing. And I'm literally, I felt like I had a machete in the woods trying to like see what awakening was. And at 17 years old, God spoke to me one day and I'm dysfunctional, bro. Like I'm broke. I got kids. Like, you know, I left that church. Like nobody believed in me, bro. I'm like <laughs> seven. I'm 17 years old, man. Wild man. And, and the Lord said to me, if you could do anything and you wouldn't fail, what would you do? If if money wasn't an issue, anointing wasn't an issue, I'm I'm with you and you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Man, it rocked me, bro. Like I heard God speak to me. And I remember William Booth said I, he would plant a church an inch away from hell. And I had a vision. And in the vision, rewind, I'm in ninth grade before I dropped out. And I remember I was selling crack cocaine. And a pregnant lady came around the side of the school. I gave her some crack. I wasn't a Christian, bro. I was like, um, you know what I mean? I wasn't saved. When she walked away, I I remember thinking in my head, that's not right, man. Like, she can be a crackhead, but that's not right for the baby. You know what I mean? Like, I always felt bad about that. Like, I wasn't even a Christian. I just felt like, man, it's not right that the child has to deal with crack cocaine. And then when I had a vision, I said to the Lord, man, just like I could sell that woman crack and touch future generations, I would want to do something so significant. I would want to plant a church an inch away from hell in the same city that I sold crack cocaine and I hurt that baby. I would want to do something for God and, and, and have future generations look back and say, you're the reason why I'm here. And that's all at 17 years old. 17, bro. And God says three words that would change my life forever. He said, let's do it. <laughs> and that night I opened the awesome. fridge. I had a half-beaten pork chop and a baked potato. Oh, too, the glaze was on top. And the Lord said, look, the key to kill a giant is not a slingshot in stones. It's to use what's in your hand. That's all David had. I've been to the Jordan River, bro. There was smooth stones in front of him. You know, I got one of those in my office in Connecticut. And at that moment, I heated up that plate of food. I'm 17 years old. It's like early December. It's freezing. Homeless people sleep with like garbage bags on so they don't die. I went to a parking garage. I kicked some bums, smell like urine, 
He, he's getting all crazy. I said, look, man, here's some food. He's looking at me all skeptical. I said, man, shut up and eat the food. And I put out my hand and I said, my name's James Levesque. I'm your new pastor. And That's I went a great back there. way to start a church. That's a great way to start a church. Church and planning 101. For everybody listening out there, 101 church planning technique. Shut up. Exactly. Eat your food. Now I'm your pastor. <laughs> I know. And I went back. Ironically, we feed in that same city a hundred a day, homeless. Wow. Uh, I went. I went back every day. I mean, I was cutting up McDonald's double cheeseburgers in fours. You know what I mean? And and basically, I got so discouraged because I ran out of money. My electric bill was getting shut off. And I went back to the Lord. I'm like, yo, I didn't want to be the bishop of the bums, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it's not what I signed up for. And the Lord said, if you go after the ones, my heart, if you go after the ones that that everyone that no one wants, I'll give you the ones that everyone's after. And it's wild because I went right back out. And two days later, I get a call from an attorney. And he said, you know, it's James Lebecker. And I'm thinking, yo. It, did my career come to an end that quick? Is my past catching up to me? And he said, is James Levesque there? I said, man, this is him. He said, well, this is attorney so-and-so, and I just want to let you know we've been watching you. And I'm like, I've been watching you. I mean, I didn't know who he was. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. That was like my reaction. And he said, he said, no, 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 brother, I'm a Christian. And all of a sudden I changed. I, yeah, I got saved again. I was like, oh, amen, brother. Oh man, thank yeah, I wasn't Lord. watching you. Don't worry. I wasn't yeah, watching exactly. you. Exactly. He said, Look, I'm in my law firm late at night and I see you go to feed the homeless. And I want to buy you a church. I'm going to pay for everything. I'm going to get your building, all that, that you need to wild. start. And I'm a worship leader at a nearby Calvary Chapel. I've already submitted my, my resignation and I'm going to bring my whole family underneath you and I'm going to be your worship leader and we're going to launch your first church. Are you, that's crazy. And you're 17. 17, and the bro, lawyer body. says, I'm forsaking all, basically. I'm forsaking all, bro. For... <laughs> I'm going to submit myself something. to the guy that just threatened no. me on the phone. I've been watching right. you. Exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This wasn't like I'm wearing oh a polo gosh. collar. I wasn't with this. I'm wearing a polo collar to make you think I'm important. I had every tattoo showing. I had piercings on my face. Like, I was from the gutter, bro. You hear what I'm saying? And, and this dude was like... <laughs> Yo, by Easter of that year, we had, I remember we almost had 200 people, man. And uh, it was incredible. And yeah. I mean, is that this, okay, so let, let me just rewind it for a second. So 17, you planted a church. You had this encounter at 15. 17, you planted a church. You kind of go down, you just do the thing. You just, you're just hanging out in the street. You know, you're, you're planting seeds everywhere. And then is this the same church now that you still pastor today? Like this is the same or did it shift over time? Did you like engaging heaven? Yeah. Yeah. So has multiple lo locations, correct? So is this one of those? Yeah. So the first church I ever planted was in New London, Connecticut. Um, fast forward, maybe oh seven. I went through a little bit of a shaking in my life. Some things that, you know, it was good. It was a healing period. And, and so that church ended up maybe transitioning for a few months, but or a year or so, but we I came back and relaunched it. But yeah, that church today, it's a 750C sanctuary in that same city. And we're feeding 100 homeless now, up to 100 a day. And uh, the church is thriving, growing. It's incredible. Like It's amazing watching how God moved.
That's amazing, man. What a story. So, I mean, okay, so I got to ask this question. I mean, you're 15, you have this encounter, you're 17. Did you have anybody in your life at this point guiding you? Because, like, I see this. I mean, I got saved at 18, and I didn't even know what – I didn't have a concept for the word mentor at right. this time. Right. I had people approach me and say, we see what's on your life. We would love to mentor you once a week, every single week. So we're going to invite you to our house. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but awesome. Someone wants right. to like love on me. You know, I was a broken, pretty broken kid at that time. And so I accepted. Did you, and that, that honestly, looking back, that set me up to make it for the long haul. So now sure. here you are 15, you're broken, planning a church, which is also going to break you in half, planning it not for the faint of heart. So now what? I mean, did you have people come in your life like to yeah, like, so, pour so, into you? Yes. Yeah, so I remember um, when I was I was at this Assembly of God church and I just felt like, man, I couldn't fit their system. I couldn't fit a traditional church planning mold, which side note at the end of this today, actually, we're announcing a started church from scratch dot com. I'm going to be launching and helping people launch thousands of churches. But um, I had nothing, no mentors. And I wrote a letter, bro, the 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 superintendent of the Assemblies of God in America, his name was Thomas Trask. I wrote the dude and I'm like, yo, I'm seeing miracles. I'm meeting on the streets. I don't fit your mold, bro. I'm not going to go to your school. I'm not, you're not going to convince me. God's not on my life, dude. I'm called to plant churches. I had a kid at a young age. I have a messed up past. So did Paul. Like, what is your advice to me then, bro? Cause I don't fit your mold. He wrote me back. And he said, I feel God all over your letter. I know that you are called to the ministry. Uh, I do apologize. My organization can't help you. We're not equipped to deal with people like you. Side note, there's not a lot of you out there. True. But I pray that God would give you a Paul to your Timothy. Wow. That if there's a deep in you wanting to learn, there's a deep crying out. Pause. I didn't know. Dr. Brian Simmons, you know, the lead translator of the Passion Translation, who is my flat out dad, literally my dad. Talked to him before I got on this call. I didn't know he was organizing the call Boston. He mobilized 60,000 young people in Boston, Massachusetts, four days after 9-11. Let that sink in. I wasn't even there. He's at his church, thousands of people in his church in, in, in Gateway Christian Fellowship in West Haven. And he would say, God's bringing somebody to see awakening and revival in New England. I have a vision of him. He has tattoos. He's going to be different. He's coming from the wow. streets, but he's going to have signs and wonders and miracles. Wow. And he would prep the people. You better be ready to receive this guy when he comes. I was about 23, maybe 22, 23 years old. Somebody kept asking me to go there. I, man, bro, I was crazy. My church services in the early days were like, as soon as last call happened at the bar, we'd be like 3 a.m. services. I mean, I was going after the gutter. Someone invited me to his church service on a Sunday morning. I was probably 22, 23. And I mean, basketball, jersey, bro, chains, like, you know, watch, like, you know, and I'm sitting in this church, thousands of people. Service is powerful. I was really moved by him because he was speaking so much bigger than the room. Like he was talking over regions, bro. I never felt something like that before. Wow. He was talking over nations. I was done with the service. I tried to sneak out. The usher grabbed me. 
said, man, this guy up front wants to, you got to go see the pastor. I'm like, man, I don't, the dude had a suit and tie on. I got like basketball jersey and I, I went down. And as I'm walking down, it was like this big fanned out congregation with, you know, I remember as I'm, yeah, as I'm walking yeah. down the aisle, like the closer I got, people are like, you're him. Oh man, we've been waiting for you. And That's I'm thinking, wild. waiting for who? Oh, you're him. And people are patting me on the shoulder. And then when you get close to his family, the first few rows, they're like, welcome home, son. Wow. And I'm like, man, why are you guys even talking to me like this? And then I and you still have the church. So you saw like you're five years into your own church at this point. Hey, everyone, before we continue on with this interview, exciting news. The Supernatural Leadership School just launched a brand new e-course, the Voice of God Module 2. This module is going to take your leadership journey to a whole new level. If you thought Module 1 was good, we're diving way deeper in this one. So I want to encourage you register today. Over 17 videos packed with amazing supernatural content that I know is going to encourage, strengthen, and transform your supernatural leadership journey. Yeah, street church. Absolutely, yeah, bro. Yeah, Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah, we're on the streets, man. And, and as I got closer, he opened up his arms and he said, welcome home, son. And he just embraced me. Now, let me tell you something, man. Like, man, I never knew my dad ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, he killed people. He was crazy. Like, I grew up with no one. Like, my birth certificate was changed to five, literally, bro. Like, James Levesque is not my name. I don't have a dime of French in me. That's another story. Levesque actually means bishop, and I didn't know it. Wow. My mom gave me that name. It's an adopted name. When that dude wrapped his arms around me, bro, I just bawled. It was like every father issue, every issue with authority wow, was man. like, Man, I'm weeping all over him. He's praying over me. We've been waiting for you. You're a gift to New England. Bro, I didn't even fit a local church that I got saved in, bro. This dude's leading a movement, mobilizing 60,000. He tells me I'm a gift to New England. I'm like, what? And, and that day, I'll never forget it, man. He, he pulled out his credit card, gave me an American Express, bro. He said, put groceries in your house, buy furniture for your family wow. and kids. I love Just that. Buy, buy whatever you need. And just bring me the card on Wednesday, and I'll bring you for lunch, and I'll have other pastors join us after we spend some time together. That's wild, man. Bro, what listen, a boss. you don't, That's bro. It, I remember driving back, going, "Does this dude know what I could do with the American like, Express? I, I will rob <laughs> him blind, bro." And, and it was it was the beginning of when I tell you that's my dad, like that's my dad, bro. I mean, that is my dad. Like every day I'm trying to talk to him. I've gotten wisdom. He's helped me over these 40 churches. You know, some some didn't succeed. Some did. I oversee probably 10 to 15 now. He's especially this one here in this building, Madeira Beach, Florida. It's been a miracle. Literally, I came here less than two years ago. Ironically, he lives right up the road now. And we are about to close on our second properties on the beach, bro, on the Gulf of Mexico. You can't get property. We're about to close Amazing. in the next month or two. We're going to have an acre of land across the street from the beach. We have ministers Man. that are moving here from international, like major men of God moving here. We're starting a training center for the nation. So like having that mentor in my life from those early days through everything that I've been through, it's been priceless, man. You know, it's amazing, man. You know, I love this because so just to backtrack, it seems like this is a supernatural leadership podcast. So one of the topics we love 
really diving into is the prophetic and the voice of God. And the voice of God really is a huge piece, major piece of all of our stories, but of your story specifically, God speaking to you very specific things along your journey, even from when you had this encounter in your kitchen. And so, you know, we, we value the prophetic, the challenge with the voice of God that everybody has is recognizing the voice of God. Cause we all hear the voice of God, John 10, 27. We're hearing all the time. God is a communicative uh, God. He, he's a good father. He's not a silent God. Right whatsoever so he's always communicating we're just not always listening we're not always recognizing and you just wrote a book right called uh 10 prophetic values for today let's just chat a little bit about the theme because i know that you you and i I feel this ties into your story because i mean i can't unhear god's voice leading you along on this whole journey even the fact even even for you to be like in the state you were you were in coming in because i can kind of remember back to my life like if I didn't have the voice of God, when I had even mentors in my life, when right. I get challenged, called out on things, man, I would have missed it all the time. Right. Because I was still in a broken place. Sure. And so for you, I mean, I'm 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 gonna assume the voice of God is really what kept you, man, because you could have been like peace out, screw the church, like, you right. know, they don't get it, they don't get it, they want to sit in the pew, I wanna be on the street, because I was that way. Like I say to people all the time, like I learned to hear the voice of God on the street, not in the church. Right. The way that I learned to recognize the voice of God was out there, was not right. in the church. Right. Sounds like sure. for you is the same thing. So bring us into a little bit of like this book, because you you say this the statement as the world tumbles into darkness, credibility issues have risen within the prophetic movement, causing believers to be disillusioned, frustrated, and unsure whom to trust. That's a huge thing, especially in the last wild crazy three years of pandemic so right. bring us into a little bit about this and how this pertains to your journey yeah well man listen with the voice of the lord is everything i mean you know you start hearing god through his word right like you understand his will through his word and understand god's going to speak according to his will you know when we think about prophetic we're thinking more like names and dates and specifics but the reality is it's his word yeah. and then you know his ways and then he speaks to you according to those ways you know I went through seasons, two years, bro, every day, meditating, learning how to hear God's voice, all those things. I mean, it's it's a value to my life because I realized a long time ago, if you know how to hear God's voice, you're never going to be confused. Like, there's never a moment in my life, I know how to hear it, bro. I know what he sounds like. I know when he's telling me to leave New England and move down. Like, I know, even though it looks crazy on the outside, I know what his voice sounds like, you know? And I think when it comes to the broader body of Christ, like, like a lot of people got disenfranchised with the prophetic, right? Yeah. It was this weird place of, you know, I mean, it went all the way back to the elections. It went before then. It was right through COVID. Like when, when people put hope in the prophetic, it almost, it's almost sensationalized, right? I remember being in a meeting with Kim Clement and, and the first time I met him in the back room at some, you know, uh, conference, he was burnt out, bro. And I, I saw the the worn out, like the pressure of trying to be a prophet. Like every night somebody wants you to perform, bro. And then what if God doesn't speak? You know, I remember one time I was walking to my mom's house and she was watching Oprah Winfrey and Barack Obama was on. Dead, had no clue he was. Never, even, I'm not in politics, even to this day. He, his legs were folded. He was talking. And the Lord said to me as clear as day, that's going to be the new, next president of the United States. 
I told a couple people in around me in my inner circle, they thought I was nuts. I told some people at the church. I knew the Lord was telling me Barack Obama was going to be the president. Well, he was, right? And everybody was like, oh, my gosh. And you know what the next question was? Who's going to be the next president? And guess what, bro? God didn't tell me who the next president was. But we're not. I'm not going to sit there and try to force an answer because you want me to and you think it's going to get Facebook views or clicks. And what we what we found is this: there was this vacuum of one guy credible says, here's, here's what's going to happen in the election. And then everybody else just echoing what they thought was credibility and nobody's credible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now we all lose because now the people are like, y'all are just flakes anyway. No one's really hearing from God. People that were prophetic are falling into sin. And so there was this moment where it's like, God, what is going on? Our ministry is engaging heaven. You know how many times over the years I thought, should we just change the name? Because that ain't what I'm about to. Like, I'm not, a, like, I'm super prophetic. I have such a gift to hear from God and call things out. Like, I'm not about that, bro. And God would tell me, don't give up the high ground. You don't devalue what I've made important because other people are a bad example. And then this book yeah. came about because Good. God spoke to me so clear, bro. And he said, I'm going to restore my voice in the world again. Now. That doesn't mean he's not been speaking, but that means that he's going to restore his voice in our lives again, bro. Like people are going to begin to trust God again, hear from God, and God's going to speak with such clarity. And so I wrote this book as almost a roadmap of really basics, bro. Like let's strip the whole thing down again. And God is going to speak to people. And we don't realize like our, what we consume can hinder that flow. Yeah. what we're exposed to, how we handle our life. And so, yeah, man, I think the, there's such a value on hearing God's voice, man. What's the number one way or what's the number one, I don't want to say chapter in your book or theme in your book that you feel is the most important in this time? Yeah, you, you know, one down. Yeah, one thing I just think is, you know, we, we, we've got to just start by getting back with the Lord. You know, I mean, back in the day, we called it the secret place. Bro, nobody has time anymore. We wake up, we run to our cell phones. Nobody has time anymore. Paul actually said, if you're married, I pray you would act like you're single. Not to lose the benefits of marriage, but that you would serve the Lord without distraction. Bro, we're in the most distracted day we've ever lived in. We were not meant to have the whole world at our fingertips. And if we can't be responsible with that, because what God is looking for in the midst of 10,000 voices, we're choosing one. Yeah. And, and what I encourage people to do is you don't got to be super spiritual, bro. Give God 10 minutes, man. Shut everything off for 15 minutes a day. Worship, pray, clean yourself out, dude. Like set your, that's why I did a devotional for the last six years on a podcast. Because there's this gap of where we are, where we need to be. And like, we need to understand devotion, bro. Like every yeah. day waking up, leaning into the Holy Spirit, and we start our day with God, and we don't leave that track. So I think one practical step is, man, we've got to give God some time. Let's build up a relationship, learn to hear, and you know, and then and then we step out in that. Yeah, time is huge. And I think, I, I think back to one of the things you said earlier about uh, the last several years and, you know, this sort of prophetic, I would say, this tarnished prophetic that's happened, I guess, right. in the last several years 
even more because of the amount of saturation of all these, let's call them Facebook profits or right. social media profits. Like I like the day and I, I start, I'm starting to age myself now by saying, I like the day when we didn't have access to YouTube, right. didn't have access to Google, didn't have access to, you know, you had to buy a VHS tape to watch a right. David Hogan video. Right. You know, right. Like that, that was like, Oh gee, like you, yeah. you had to, find it somehow it wasn't right. easy it wasn't easily accessible but when you got it oh, you valued it and i just feel like part of the saturation that's been the problem yeah is that it's so tarnished there's just so much out there and when it's like a big wave if you have a big wave it's gonna stir up a lot of dirt a lot of junk a lot of things that you don't want you right. know when the big waves come in there's stuff on the shore left over, you know, right. stuff that you don't want, dirt that you don't want. I think that's kind of what social media and all this has been is like a big wave. It's a massive wave. And I think God, God can use it. God is using it. But in the midst of all of it, you got to really distinguish between the true, the false. You got to get rid of the dirt. You got to get rid right. of the clutter, the stuff that's not good, not healthy. That gives the prophetic a bad name. Cause right. like you, man, I'm, I'm like the first to champion, if you don't have the voice of God leading you, you really right. have no ability to be led. Right. Because how can you be led by someone that you do not recognize that is speaking? Right. It doesn't even make any common sense. Like Crazy. if you have a leader in your job or your career or on your baseball team, if you don't have someone that communicates and you don't hear that communication, you're not learning. You're not growing. You're not True. being led anywhere. And so we need these values. We need the prophetic but we also need to realize that we're going to have to swim through or, or, or navigate through some, like some crap, man, some dirt, right. some hard stuff. And I know that you, you've had to do this. I mean, you've probably had seasons of your life when being in the circles, I know I've been in those circles too, like where you've had to navigate, like, man, I, I like this, but I really don't like this. And I'm not right. going to let this bad experience taint my experience so much that I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. 100%. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we realized, you know, I, I was on a, I did a podcast with Rita Spring recently. She's like an iconic worship leader. I love her dearly. And she had such a rough childhood. I mean, her dad was like some charismatic faith healer that said to her, daddy has a cold called cancer and you're going to lay hands on me and I'm going to be healed. Well, he died. Can you imagine the guilt as a child? And I, I just finally said to her and people took advantage of her and robbed her. I mean. This is the girl that wrote Defender. You know what I'm saying? And I finally said to her, man, I'm like, can I ask you a question? How did you stay so beautiful in all this? And she said, I just realized, like, even though people will let you down, Jesus will never let you down. And if if we understand that when it comes to the prophetic or miracles or like, bro, if people don't get healed, it doesn't reflect who God is. You understand what I'm saying? And a lot of people, I know people have shipwrecked their faith because somebody didn't get healed. And it's like, no, man, we've got to understand that Jesus is perfect. Yeah. He's perfect theology. Yeah. And even though people may hear him wrong, it doesn't mean that I can't hear him right or he's not trying to speak to me right. Yeah. And is that kind of some of the stuff that you talk about in your book? Yes, yeah. absolutely. What's what's number 10? 10th value. Oh, I don't know what the 10th is, but I can tell you. What's the first value? What's the first value? Yeah. Well, first one is desiring to hear his voice, realizing that awesome. he wants to speak to you. Like that has to be a foundation. We talk about everything from surrender to obedience, to generosity, to mentors, to having relationships, like all of these areas. 
can hinder his voice yeah. if we're not careful. It's like a it's like a, a fresh water stream flowing and we can mess it up in the process. And so it's like these 10 basic values to get us back on track into that place of receiving, you know, positioning ourselves to hear them. That's awesome. I feel like we just kind of like at the end of this scratch the surface of where we can go with this conversation. I might have to get you back on a part two if you're open, but yeah, we'll have have to, scratch the, the surface. Like, you know, your story was so powerful. I felt like we needed to land there for yeah. a little bit and unpack that. Cause man, I think so many people that are going to hear this podcast or watch this later on uh, are going to resonate, man, with your, your story yeah. and your journey. And just, I feel like one of the things that stands out so much to me, and I so relate to this is just to start. Yeah. Like, just, just do it. Like, don't wait for everything to be perfect. I think over the years, you can get to a place where you complicate starting. It's true. So when you're like, when you have nothing to lose and you're just like raw oh, man. and you're just encountering God, it's like starting is the easiest thing. Right. But yet it's, it's, but I think it's also the most important thing. Totally. So many people miss out on life and miss out on God opportunity because they don't start. If right. You waited till you went to Bible school and got, you know, all the education, the diploma, the certificate, you know, you may have, you would, you would, you would have missed the boat, man. I mean, True. when I had my encounter, I had all these people trying to get me to go to this school. I had like paid school and multiple different places to get my theological education. And I just felt like it wasn't my journey. It wasn't my yeah, path. Not that good. I don't value it. I mean, we started a school. Sure. We still run a school. I mean, like I value education. I value school, but uh, that it's the the way that we go about it isn't supposed to be the same for everyone. And I love right. that you just started. You just got into it, man. I think that speaks to so many people. So, what would you say as like a little bit of an activation of people people that are like maybe like are on this cusp of a new sure. thing. it could be like a new business opportunity. It could be you know maybe a spiritual transformation. They just encountered God for the first time. It could be. You know, they got a new job. Um, I don't know, right. started a new family, new relationship. Like, what yeah. would you say to them uh, in this process of them starting out something new? Yeah, I think, man, I think they need to believe that they're called. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we've limited the call of God to a microphone and a keyboard. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, and, and that'll probably be my next podcast is on the call of God, you know? And, and when you believe that, you take risks. Step out, man. Just touch someone's life, take the new job, start the new business. Like you don't realize on the other side of fear is the breakthrough that you're waiting for. And when it comes to specifically church planning, like I was telling you, we are literally launching like free webinars, free trainings to help people start a church from scratch because there's nothing out there, bro. If you don't pass some assessment or you don't go to Bible school, how are we planting churches? There are people like me, bro, around the country that feel the call of God, the touch of God. And they're like, I don't fit the system. Well, you do now. I'm going to give my life in this season to mentor people, to plant churches, house churches, and we're going to see God move, man. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I want to encourage everyone listening out there, take the next like several weeks, take the next 14 days and just say, hey, what can I start today? What can I do today to see my life move ahead a little bit what can i do maybe it's that new relationship so it's invest more time in that relationship maybe it's this new business idea you know get some mentors in your life in the next 14 days get some help get some advisory in your life i don't know what it is for you but the next 14 days just start taking action and see 
what happens in your life. James, man, you're you're it was a pleasure having oh, an, uh, this conversation with you. Really Love powerful. It, tell us about how we can get your book. It's going to be all in the description, but just tell yeah. us a little bit about sure. uh, your your ministry, how we can engage with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Social media. Yeah, so you can get all the books on Amazon. Just search James Levesque, L-E-B-E-S-Q-U-E, as an author. Uh, my website's jameslevesque.org or engagingheaven.com. And like I said, today we're literally going to announce, as soon as I get off this, I'm doing a post. We're going to announce startachurchfromscratch.com. We're going to be launching a church planting university where people can get mentorship and learn how to plant a church. It's all the red tape is not, it's way, people make it way more difficult than it is that God's going to touch our lives. We're going to plant amazing churches. And I believe that's how we're going to see communities transformed in the days ahead. I love it, man. And I love that you have a passion for the local church. That's awesome. Thank you so much, James, for coming on to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. And thank you so much for all the listeners out there and those that will watch this later. Once again, we believe you all have a leader within. So let's make that leader a little more supernatural. Until next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.